Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Oh, so uh, are we are we live? Are we doing the the intro? What are we doing? I think we're live. Oh, we're live, live. All right, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting Live, where you can also go on YouTube and Sports Unfolded and see us every Thursday, seven p.m. Wow, this is interesting. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut into it. So t- tonight's topic, um, we're we're gonna be talking about Hell in a Cell. So Kenny, you hopefully you've been you've been keeping up. Weekly, so that way you can tell us what's going on. Um, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, you welcome to the Wrestling Den. We just kind of jump into it, you know, randomly. We're your premier source of all things wrestling, past, present, and future. Um, we we will have Nick on the show. He will be here soon. But in the meantime, Kenny, if you wanna you wanna introduce yourself to us to any new followers, new viewers. Hey, hey this is Kenneth. Kenneth the man. Hit us up on social media, The Wrestling Den, me and Rick, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for one whole hour. One whole hour, Nick. Seven. <laughs> Seven is right. You'd have Booker T as a, as a five-time, 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 but we got seven. 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 Like Tom Brady. Seven. Seven. As you can see, I have uh, the gold with me, big gold. Well, this is kind of like little gold right now. I have little gold with me. Oh, champ um, what's that? The champ is here. The champ is here. Well, technically, I'm just holding the belt for the champ. We got to find out who the champ is. Um, as far as uh, Hell in a Cell goes, uh, what, are we, what are we looking at in terms of matches right now, Kenny? For for it's, it's on Father's Day. It's it's the twentieth. Yeah, it's Sunday. Peacock. Um, seven, seven o'clock, Tampa. Uh, there's only about seven matches, but I think it's going to be a pretty good one. Um, no, no spectators in the audience. Uh, but it might be a good one. Might be a good one. My human. We got uh Bobby Lashley against uh Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Uh, you know I'm trying to get into that. I'm kind of sick of seeing that, but it should be a good match. He beat him already last week, but let's see. Let's didn't, see. didn't Lashley uh, beat him at WrestleMania too? Yes. Yeah, being at WrestleMania. But, you know, we'll see. Vince, like to recy- Vince likes to recycle storylines, but we'll see about that. Bianca and Bailey. I love Bailey. Totally funny. I love her talk show. I think Bailey's going to win it. But that's just me. Uh, we got Raya Ripley and Rick. Sorry, Rick Flair. Yeah, Charlotte Flair. Woo! You know, you know Charlotte's gonna win, right? You know Charlotte's gonna win, right? I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. I know Charlotte's gonna win, and that's what d- disgusts me. Uh, I don't know. I have feelings about Raya, but I mean it's Charlotte, so I'm kind of I'm biased and, and not in a good way. 
Mm-hmm. It's just too predictable. That's kind of one of the things that got me out of wrestling was Charlotte Flair was one of the things that kind of sailed the nail in the coffin mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, I understand she's Ric Flair's daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. No disrespect to her or Andre Day or whatever he's going by in, in AEW now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like she's just copying what his moveset is and doing it rather like she's botching. So it's rather poor performance to me. Mm-hmm. Like that. Let's all talk about that that double backflip or that that moonsault that she did, where she like she lands on the feet and then she does the moonsault after that. Mm-hmm. That was like Andre Day's move or whatever. Yeah, yep, yeah. And she like stumbled and caught herself, and then she paused, and then she went for it. Like it was kind of like it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel, you know, yeah, feel, yeah what she's capable of, the potential mm-hmm. that she has shown in in matches, but the the botches that she's also shown have also stuck around too as memes, but. Oh no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Now, no now, doubt. What, what? How did this get to to this? Because I remember she went to like Charlotte went to like NXT or whatever for the belt. So yeah. is this like a follow up to that? Oh yeah, Charlotte went to NXT for the belt, and she came back, and then you know she 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 was injured, and she came back, and you know Vince had to put her on because she is Ric Flair's daughter, you know, and he loves second generation superstars. You know, mm-hmm. that's true. It's true. He loves unless, unless you're Ted DiBiase Jr. <laughs> <laughs> or Cody Rhodes. Yes, or Cody Rhodes. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, then we got Roman and Ray. Ray Don't Mysterio. Me, Ray Mysterio. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Okay. I love Ray Mysterio. Okay. But I'm sick of seeing him. I am so sick of seeing him. I am so sick of seeing Ray. You know, honestly, I feel the same way, but I never had like the love for Ray. So it's like I'm just I've been sick of seeing him since he first became like this champion right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean he okay, he goes against the goes against the big show. Okay, all right, okay. All right. It's all about, you know, giving a little guy hope. But hey, Vince does what Vince does, you know, storyline, storyline, storyline. Roman Reigns is going to put Rey Mysterio through, no pun intended, hell. Oh, yeah. No no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. That's true. Uh, and we got Kevin Owens versus Seth. Love Kevin Owens. He is such a great wrestler. Um, oh, he's so relevant. Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, welcome Nick. Oh, hey, to Nick. The show. Nick was, was, you know, technical difficulties, but here he is. And, and we're live, right. baby. We are live. Can you hear me good? Oh, me. yeah, I can hear you. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we, uh, we, we, I heard we, something about Rey Mysterio and someone else. Yeah, we were talking about um, the car that's coming up on uh, Father's Day for Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kenny was going over uh, the lineup. Oh, okay. Anything? Uh, well, we we're supposed to convince you to watch it, right, Rick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what was the last one you were talking about? Uh, last one I was talking about Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Oh, okay, yeah, those are two guys, two showmen. I mean, they're gonna bring it for now, sure. Now, what, does anybody know about in terms of like, like how do they get to this? Like, what what led them up to this point? You know what I'm saying? Like the storyline. Like, what's for each match, no, why no, are they doing in, the match? In modern wrestling, all you have to do is watch the pay-per-view and then watch the uh, 
hype video right before the last, the match. The last pay-per-view I watched was... Um, no, that's what I'm telling you. You don't even have to watch it we- weekly. I know yeah, I'm, supposed to be convi- I'm supposed to be convincing you otherwise, but the point is uh, just watch the hype video before. I'm sure that... <laughs> Because that's gonna. The, why would I? Why would I want to watch? Why would I? Why would I want to watch if I can just watch the hype vid? You just. You're basically convincing me not to watch. No, I'm like, telling you, like the match is still gonna be good and the hype was good. I'm just saying, sometimes they streamline it to where if you can't watch weekly, um, they make it so okay. We'll just buy the you know, view the pay per view and then we'll give you this little hype package, two and a half minutes of of build up right before the match, just in case you weren't watching. But of I, course, mean, I mean, mainly everything is like highlights now to me because I just don't have the. We need Undertaker to be there. We don't need Undertaker to be there. He he had his he had his his opportunity to 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 go against AJ Styles and call it a day. If this man ever shows up in a ring again, I swear to God, this belt is going it's going in the trash can, man. <laughs> right? I don't, like, I don't want to see him do it, dude. I I love Undertaker enough to not want to see him get back in a ring. It's not. Like Taker, his wrestling mind is able, but the 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 body is yeah, not. The body is not is not. And he's like and in his mind, he's running a five star classic, like like me and you. No, would. and eventually, even guys like Patterson and and you know, they're like even Jake and in AEW and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, they were. Died. Yeah, but I'm saying after he was done wrestling, yes, <laughs> no, he's he's book he's uh, booking finishes from beyond the grave, Rick, like. <laughs> No, my point is that these guys, they should come on as like, uh, you know, as these bookers or come on as these agents who can help the newer generation t- yeah, tell better stories. Everything. What? Man, he's complimenting compliment my drip, dude. And I'm just saying, like, I got the hair down and everything right now. Oh, like- you, my fair part was that I was making a very good point. And what you're what? trying to do is drown out my great point because you don't want me to win the belt. And my great hey, point was listen, that more general. I never said there was like any disqualifications to this. Mick Foley, okay. retired. You got to do what you got to do. Beat the man, you got to beat the man. Retired Undertaker. They uh, they should become agents and help this next generation really the agents you know, come of, uh, Shield. No, the agents of professional wrestling as a whole. All right. Kenny, your thoughts on this? Man, it's just like I'm just here to have a barbecue, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. No, not first he was in the front yard, now he's in the backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Wrestling Den. We are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. with my host Kenny and Nick, and uh, Kenny will be making us some nice, uh, some nice barbecue. Mm-hmm. So we all get hamburgers and we get to talk about wrestling and things such as that. But we he's, also like he, to, what, is he gonna like? put the hamburgers through the screen or something <laughs> hey it's the thought that counts he can he can make at least three and eat maybe at least two but uh, i'm gonna take us i'm gonna take us to a new location closer to the wi-fi hotspot that's fine that in the way. meantime i'm gonna thank our host uh ron and eric as always for you know hosting the wrestling den yes live on rhode island broadcasting youtube uh you can follow us at at sports unfolded uh, you can follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're weekly now, and we're live for an hour. So we're gonna we're gonna take an hour of your time to to convince me to watch wrestling. No, no, Rick, you gotta say it. Like you're gonna take an hour of the time, but we're just you, you're gonna we're on. gonna leave them wanting more. Are you gonna use that fire extinguisher to try to get this belt? 
Yeah, I'll hit you with any foreign object. I told you I'm the dirtiest. I'm dirtiest player in the podcasting game here in the live streaming game. I will kill you. I will use anything. I will Whoa. choke you with this. I'll choke you with this. this right now. Mouse cord. I'll do anything. Well, no, well, the PG-13 not... version of WWE right now. What I watch them light a man on fire. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell me PG, not PG. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, as far as best upcoming matches go. For this uh, Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, I would put my bet on something like Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is going to throw caution to the wind. Seth Rollins is a great athlete. I mean, you storyline-wise, again, we were quite unsure of what that was. But I'll tell you what, you, you, sometimes you book a match and you don't really – the storyline is, is secondary to the, the athletes in the ring. Yes, we want to be committed to what they're doing, but I think their resumes speak for themselves. Yes, yes. I appreciate your input as you're doing the Blair Witch Project. So my my best match, I think, uh, uh, out of this upcoming Hell in a Cell. Oh, jeez. Maybe Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Maybe Charlotte Flair versus Rhea if Charlotte doesn't do Andrade Wait, you days. you say Seth, Rollin Seth Rollins versus Cesaro? I thought you said Seth Rollins against Kevin Owens. Yeah, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Yeah, dude, it can't says, he hasn't seen the he hasn't right? seen the hype package. Look, look, I'm, uh -oh. I'm I'm reading I'm reading predictions here. Like this is like last updated as of like, you know, they changed the match. I don't know. Kevin Owens did Kevin Owens fail? You guys um, are supposed to be watching, Owens. not me. <laughs> no, no, look, Kevin Owens. No, Rick, I don't need to watch to be able to convince you to to. No, watch. no, but I need to know who's in the match right here. This is Saint Cesar. You tell me, Kevin Owens, who I haven't seen, Mister Stone Cold Stunner himself. Oh, terrible. Terrible. No, I never truth, liked truth Kevin. The, the, okay, Kevin truth Owens. of the matter, Rick, to get you to watch the pay-per-view, as you should, or have support the network even on Peacock and all this other stuff, um, is this. I'm just going to hit you with it. Like, if you, do you love professional wrestling? Yes. A um, as an entity, as a thing. It's, Not like, it's, it's, it's like a long wrestling. hate thing. Everyone, everyone always uses buzzwords, modern wrestling, classic wrestling, attitude era, da 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 do you love professional wrestling? She's like a jilted lover at this point. Right. Or maybe maybe however, I'm the jilted lover. However, just like that ex that you're not supposed to text, sometimes you do. I read a WrestleMania Royal Rumble, you know. But my, my right, it's a mistake to to an extent. But maybe you know you 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 start a fan in the embers. Of a uh, uh, reignited flame, and for oh. me, I, I check in with the product. I check out alternative products like AEW, and and then in the meantime, visit the points of view of guys that you know were in the eras that I really loved, Attitude Era, and guys like Stone Cold on the Broken Skull podcast, and listen and to the Undertaker Cornette. on ESPN. Of course, Cornette and Bruce Pritchard. That's uh, something Joe Rogan. With. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jim Ross, uh, you know, stuff like that. These guys who helped promote that and can give you a little behind the scenes look at how things operate. And maybe you can get a better idea of why it was so good then, but it might have fallen off the rails now. Anyway, my point being to you, Rick, is that if you if you love wrestling, it's it's kind of one of those things in sickness and in health. If you're married to it, this is in sickness. I genuinely like, look, I love talking wrestling, and, and I know that we're not – doing the fans a service right now by saying like it's just a low point in, re in wrestling 
because you know viewership's down and people can say the product's a bit stale and and there's all this not everything is back to live crowds right right well there's also like all this turnaround with like the um i gotta get this piece of fuzz off me when i make this point um i just think that if you really love something you you will see it through the hard times and that 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 kind of shows proves the worth of you know wrestling fans if you're a fair weather fan of course oh i love the attitude or i love it when it's great i love it when it's good but then oh i just am gonna pass on it and i'm not gonna support it because it's not doesn't jump out at me as the most exciting thing or the match card doesn't look this that what have you or you've been told and that's the unfortunate part about modern wrestling well, and modern well, real social. quick before before you continue so Go we're ahead. talking like uh-huh. like wwe's been doing like their tapings like aew not only now has like a live audience type deal going on but like wwe still has like you know it's it's the tv screens but what about like companies like ring of honor who decided to not go through with the pandemic and wrestle but instead they told their you know wrestlers to stay at home and they still got paid as if they were to wrestle well that's I mean, commendable uh, honestly during a, a national health crisis you got to make decisions you got to and and for them like the wwe they might have been in the position where they were like oh well let's they can afford to move to the performance center they can afford to you know wander around and go to state to a state where the the restrictions are this and that and and then afford to buy a, a thunderdome and a bazillion screens so you can do put you, your fans do you think it digitally. hurt them at all like do you think it hurt absolutely. them at all oh absolutely maybe? every everyone was hurting for certain during the pandemic everybody that 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 goes from the biggest businesses like these fortune 500 companies to even these local businesses a lot of places closed hairdressers couldn't do do any work and all kind and even on a personal level i think the the pandemic pandemic really um you know affected all business and so they did the best that they could and it's easy to be critical all the time and it's also like a it's a popular thing to criticize especially when you're on top it's a popular thing to be like oh well the wwe this and the wwe that because they're supposed to be the you know benchmark for everything but that's why alternatives exist if you if you're not into what wwe does that's why aw is there that's why ring of honor will was there at new japan and all these other options like if you love wrestling there's plenty of wrestling to whet your appetite around but we you know a lot of people focus on the wwe because they're the primary focus of most everything being the leading uh you know company so my, my point was when you love wrestling you just stick by it when you love something you should go with it um as far as like uh, in this in the chat here so how does WWE get back to his prime my in my opinion um it's things like what i said it's like bringing in wrestling minds to help the wrestling talent a lot of guys get older the bodies break down but their minds have consumed so much from the business like again all the people that pat patterson was there to to talk to about psychology and all to talk to about finishes and how to do it and what how it makes sense and why it makes sense those guys learn from him and so when those guys get older, the Jerichos, the Undertakers, the Stone Colds, the Mick Foley's, everybody, Triple H, like you can recycle through these finishes. And even if you never participated in one, you can call back to one because, you know, Triple H is the game. He's a student of the game. He is the game, blah, blah, blah. Like he can coach these people. And if you if, if everyone just stopped, you know, letting their ego get in the way and were able to work together, like – it, one thing I would criticize Jim Cornette for overall is he sits there and he says, oh, wrestling this and wrestling that. And it's, oh, it's very critical of the current product, the modern wrestling product. 
but and he, here he is possessing so much knowledge. And I know he probably feels like it's an exercise of futility because nobody. But he says some shit to too that also got. Well, we're not supposed to swear, but he said some things that got him in, in some hot water like I just did. But the NWA thing is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a um, that was a poor choice on his part. That wasn't that was a poor choice, but he sometimes sometimes you need to uh, let's see what, what what am I saying here? Like um, gauge, like read the room sometimes when you yeah. say things. You now, really should say. Now he, oh, he, this he did to come say something that was that was was bad, but it doesn't affect his wrestling mind. Like even though he makes poor decisions and and his own character. But as a wrestling mind, like if you were to pick his mind on something that was completely non-political or, you know, where his stances lie, it would, you know. Right. No, no, exactly. He doesn't need to be on camera to to make to affect change. I think if you were to just go ahead and, and put these brilliant wrestling minds in charge of making these storytelling decisions and move away from the scripted aspect of it. Let these characters shine through. It's the cream. Like Macho Man says, your hat says the cream of the crop and it rises the to cream, the top. It rises awesome. to the top. When, when they see Roman Reigns, they say, Oh, this guy looks like a million dollars. We want him to be the guy. So they feed him these scripted promos and this now what have you. And it, he only got good. The moment they moved away from this cookie cutter, jam him down your throat stuff. They let Paul Heyman, one of the best talkers. You think Heyman's promos are scripted or do you think they give him some cliff notes and the guy just goes out there and knocks out of the park every time? Truth is they moved to a realistic, the more real it feels, the less scripted, the less cookie cutter it feels, the more I mean, you could, we are by the product. You, you could say that they've been doing that though, since like the Monday night wars. Like as everything was getting edgy, like when NWO came in, you know, like that was like the change in the tide mm-hmm. of the ratings. And then they had the 84 week consecutive thing. Um, and then, you know, as, as the wars were progressing, you know, NWO was the thing. So WWE had to play catch up. And then as mm-hmm. they played catch up, it's like making Austin a more realistic character. You're, you're, you're bad guy, you know, flying Brian Pillman with the gun flying off the handle, you know, doing this edgy stuff, the hell in themselves with Mick Foley and like the undertaker. And Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, like just how they kind of raised the bar you know, what, every time and became more realistic what, as characters. If you, if you if you track it back to Rick, you can attribute a lot of that to the real life feud between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. You can I literally just watched that on the Monday Night Wars. I've been watching. Tra- that trace it back to Austin's very real public firing from WCW and how mm-hmm. he was. And the chip on his shoulder when he came over. A, a, a lot of what made it great, like rock. The ECW. Like die, 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 Rocky, die, die, right? And they just, they wanted him to be a baby face and the crowd hated him. And so he took that hate and said, okay, well, if you hate me, then I'll just be a bad guy. And then when they started loving him again, he turned it on its head and said, oh, well, don't say my catchphrases with me. Like, you don't get to say the rocks catchphrases. And he was just so out there and so over the top as this egotistical you know, ego, yeah, prick. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but either way, it it, it was art. It, it was right? art imitating life, and the more blurred the line is in wrestling, the more real it feels. Like the CM Punk stuff, we've talked about this before. CM Punk's whole uh, the summer of Punk, it just felt like a real thing. Like you knew that even though he's on WWE television saying these things and he's probably he's getting paid money to do it. How about you know you know in CM Punk's Matt Hardy, Edge and Lita. Edge, right, right. But like my point with the punk thing is you knew in his heart, in his heart of hearts, he meant the things he was saying. Whether he was collecting a paycheck from WWE or not, everything he said to Triple H in the ring, everything he said to John Laurinaitis, he meant those things. He was very critical of it. And he's critical of it today. 
um, they ask him like why he doesn't come back. And he said, well, why would I want to, you know, get in a clown car essentially because that of the way it is going back to the original question, how does it get back to its prime, get back to the basics, Th things in wrestling worked for a hundred years. Okay. Nearly a hundred years, a, a specific way. And yes, there was variations of how that storytelling was done, but they've moved away from stuff like that. And when guys like Cody Rhodes say, Oh, there are no heels or faces in wrestling anymore. I'm like, well, then how do you know who to root for? How, like, and like, yes, you could say, oh, well, we rooted for the NWO and they were heels and Austin was an anti-hero and he was kind of, he did heelish things, but he was between him and Mr. McMahon, the face. We hated Mr. McMahon, the heel. Like that's the way it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be someone you want to watch, get their come up. It's like Triple H in the Attitude Era. That What I loved about the Mick Foley up against him or take some of the rock against him is that I want to watch Triple H get his, the smarmy look slapped off of his face all the time. And that was worth it. It was worth the price of admission. So, so then, get back. So then you would say in terms of in terms of like Hell in a Cell, then the Armageddon Hell in a Cell, when Austin raked his face along the entire cell when he was bleeding, that was pretty much probably the the most satisfying moment, payoff moment Wait, for you. Is is that aesthetically pleasing to you? I'd say like <laughs> it is. You, okay, it is. watch watch it's like Royal Rumble uh two thousand and it's it's Cactus Jack versus Triple H. And that match really solidified Triple H because he he went in there with the hardcore, the hardcore, and, and Mick Foley. You talking about when Mick did the three faces of Foley, like he had all three on on. No, no, no. This is the this is a it's like a um it's a match for the WWF title. This is like the year after that, and yeah. it's a street fight at the Royal Rumble, and he's got a bar barbed wire two by four oh, and all these other things. Yeah, and it, during that match, match there's a rematch. What's, what tells that match so great is Triple H is like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you, and there's no way you're gonna take my title from me. And Cactus Jack's like, nope, it, that title's coming home with me. And Cactus pulled out all the stops. And by the end of it, Triple H is a bloody mess. He's just massacred. And he, pedig he pedigrees Cactus into the thumbtacks and pins him and wins it. But And you notice, like, yes, he won the battle, but he didn't win the war. He was massacred after that. And that is what you want from the heel. That's proper storytelling, not just like, pedigree booker t and then he's down for 40 seconds and then you drape an arm over him and he loses like the heel Shine wants to know where triple h is now <laughs> where's triple h now he's, he's running he's, the company he's running stuff like especially he's running the only you know gripping storytelling that they've had in the last six he, he's years. running like one minute adverts with him and, and Shawn michaels reliving the golden days with their the little dx dx uh Really? Say what you want about Triple H's decisions when he's the top guy and the golden shovel and the reign of terror and, and Triple H and all that. But, um, you know, he has a great wrestling mind as well. Uh, and, and, and when he was in Evolution learning from Ric Flair and watching tapes and doing his thing, he, he's been closely associated with some of the best in-ring performers of all time, like Shawn Michaels, like Ric Flair. Like if you can't learn something from those guys, then I, I don't know what to tell you. So he's he going into a COO role or, or running NXT. That's the type of thing I would expect from a lot of these guys. But because the politics is so thick sometimes in wrestling, because these guys can't put their egos aside, even after they step out of the ring, it just leads to all of this uh, discourse between everybody. And if, and if wrestling one day, I believe that you know it's it's going to get to a turning point where everyone's just going to see that there needs to be uh, real, tangible change, 
And then they'll they'll remember that, oh, these are some of the things that brought us back into the spotlight before. Right now, because it's manageable and the, and the company still makes money because it's this big national conglomerate, uh, they it's like the ends justify the means. If we're still profitable, then that's fine, even though the product is suffering. And, and us as hardcore wrestling fans go, oh, well, this just isn't as good as it used to be. But they're like, well, the numbers say we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think uh, there should be a union for wrestlers. Because, I mean, as far as, the, like, they're getting paid, especially, like, in a product like WWE and AEW, like, they're getting paid enough money to where, like, they can afford their own health care and stuff like that. And they're fine with the way that it works now. Like, they, like, you know, Rob Van Dam even said himself on Twitter, like, he got an argument with this guy about a union. And, like, Rob Van Dam, like, this guy called Rob Van Dam stupid. Like, he didn't know what he was talking about. Like, he hasn't been doing this. And he's like, listen, there's accommodations that you make. As you, as you talk about being a contractual worker for, like, the WWE, for example, like, you make things happen. Like, you know, I would like to get around this way, like, you know, whether it's uh, airplane, train, automobile, whatever. Like, you know, if you if you're a certain star and you kind of have that kind of leverage and I'm not just saying being like boys with Vince, but like, hey, you know, can you, can you kind of accommodate me for this? You know, he might like it's just about asking. So like that, that's actually a very interesting thing that you, you mentioned there, because I I was following that. And like this guy is just I don't know. He was going off like he wasn't even part of the business. Nothing like that. Talked about the union. I think it, it just hurts guys because it's the smaller indie guys as well that you got to look out for too, not just the big guys. Right, and you think that as a as a performer, if it was more, if it was important to them, then they they would do something about it. People talk about it like it's the evil, you know, Vince McMahon who's like running these people ragged and and then not providing them any health care, like if they get injured and things like that. And it's not really like that, not the Wild West and stuff like it used to be, where people just get fired when they're on the injured reserve you know uh, but it, it's kind of a double-edged sword it's really a, it's one of those things where i don't think i'm in a position to make that call nor is that guy on twitter you know i think if it's something that's that's needed if it's something where wrestlers feel unprotected or they don't have any peace of mind then then they definitely need to go through the proper channels and, and get some representation because you now should I remember though as a union though if it gets of. involved in the wrestling world that affects everybody from the big guy to the little guy Mm-hmm. So depending on how the union works, you know, it's it, you know, is it going to be better overall if people are happy the way things are now? Right, right, and, and it really just depends on how it affects the business, the dollars and cents. Do you get do you get pay a bigger payoff? Do you get a smaller payoff? Like that's how it is in life, anyways. You have health insurance, and they can take it out of your check, you know, and you're like, oh, do I want to be covered? If something happens, or do I just want to pay out of pocket when something happens? It's 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 double-edged sword stuff so yeah. i'm not 100 right. sure. you know you know who definitely uh i'm right. you know but i'm pretty sure had some health insurance or had yeah it was taken care of was mick foley when he was thrown off the hell in the cell circling back to some hell in the cell stuff um so it's mm-hmm. so, no absolutely watch wrestling my point was that even though the product isn't the greatest we can't just keep calling back to the golden age we can't just keep calling back to the hottest wrestling you know period of all time as a comparison i think we are we've been spoiled by a lot of things and then all of a sudden when it just pales in comparison we go well and like the question becomes did you like well well love to kind of to, to bring up so what haven what havenstein is saying uh, i want to touch up on that real quick because i want to keep it on hell in a cell uh like we could talk hours and hours about this but i haven't heard from kenny in like at least like 15 minutes man i gotta i gotta hear from kenny um, at the same time, I, I want to take. This I, ju- I just assume Kenny agreed with everything I said. 
I see I that. I, I, I want to take this moment to say that. If you just, <laughs> if you, <laughs> that goes, it's like you flow. I was like, uh-huh, yeah. Right, go, right, go. right. All right. If, if you just tune in now, uh, I appreciate you tuning in. We're, we're live every every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can follow us on Sports Unfolded on Facebook and at Twitter at, at Sports Unfolded. You can follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And and to, to touch up on that question, I, I to me, I personally feel like this is what I wanted actually to, to talk about was the Hell in a Cell in general, the pay-per-view, um, the gimmick, everything, the match. Like personally, other than being in a wrestling game that I'm going to play once in a while, I, I like it being in there. But as far as Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view, as, as a gimmick, uh, is there a storyline match or event that they can even pull off anymore? They tried with Bray Wyatt, and I feel like that that kind of, you know, that whole thing with Seth Rollins was, was a disappointment. I watched Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy does a swanton bomb onto the apron and hurts himself. You know, like there's matches where like they're hurting themselves. And for like what reason? Because they're not even that entertaining to begin with. Like all you're getting out of that is 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 somebody like either hurts themselves or it wasn't up to expectations. They don't even go to the top of the, the hell in a cell anymore, which honestly, if we're going to talk about safety, things like that, they shouldn't. Because that's one way to get hurt. Number one way to get hurt, right? Jumping mm-hmm. off a, off a cell, thinking you're like Big Foley, <laughs> and, right. and then that's that's the thing. Well, like, even they, even they after he did that, even after he did that, Rick Vince McMahon told him like I, I like thank you for what you just did, but don't ever but don't do ever that do that again. again. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, like this guy even, this guy still does it. Like you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's like he even he knew that's not sustainable. <laughs> And speaking of sustainable, to, to get to that question, it isn't about a storyline It's going to bring it back. It's not going to be a specific high spot or a match or a, or a pay-per-view. It's like that's kind of the short-sighted thing that I, th- I think these companies or I think WWE thinks is going to happen is that one day the switch is going to flip and they're going to return to previous glory. But what it's really going to take at the end of the day is a concentrated, consistent effort on everybody's part to provide a superior product provide superior storylines and do it for a prolonged period of time because you could watch a match and say wow that was great that reminded me of this or that or this or that but it's only it's fleeting it's not a permanent sustainable thing so what they need to do is make sustainable and more permanent appearing decisions for their business that to me it will make all the difference. It, there is never going to be like this one lightning in a bottle moment. Like honestly, the, we talking about the pipe bomb. Um, when the pipe bomb happened, CM Punk raised his level um, right there, raised his stock. And then he went to Money in the Bank and faced John Cena. And then John Cena brought his A game. And when Cena, the face of the company, brought his A game, all of a sudden you watched – Throughout that summer and for about six months after that, 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 they, Alberto, that Alberto Del Rio, John Cena, CM Punk thing in the Hell in a Cell, that mm-hmm. was a good match. Right. They yeah, may have not gone on the top, but they they were able to make that match. Right. right. And, and Rick, Rick, you didn't need someone to go through the cell, someone to be set on fire, barbed wire this and thumbtacks that. You just wanted uh, uh, characters that you were – uh, like invested in you just like utilizing like, oh, the cage yeah. too. so even just using it as like a battering ram like the things that i remember like the most remarkable moments are just like when it was bare bones like you had a steel chair underneath the ring you got to use that mm-hmm. it brought a little bit of added element to the hell in a cell things mm-hmm. like that and then you know they got crazy to the point where like there's ladders intentionally in there like tables and shit like that sorry i keep i do i keep doing that's two in the swear jar two in the swear jar i'm getting into it that's that's what happens i apologize to anybody out there who's watching, wait—is that a disqualification? Does that mean the belt changes? Nah, dis- no, 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 no disqualification. See, if it's a disqualification, I keep the belt, so it doesn't matter. 
Well, no, no. I, I asked the, uh, the, the general manager to put a stipulation in place that if you got disqualified, the belt would change hands. Okay, well, well uh, as far as I'm concerned – my show, my rules. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna push my, I'm gonna push my, my weight around here. You oh, know? Okay. I see. I'm gonna oh, right, ask old yeah, Ted for some more money here, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna right. raise the stakes. Okay. So, in a hell in a cell, me, you, and, and and Kenny are gonna go at it in a hell in a cell. All right. Let's okay. go. Let's go. It's gonna be yeah, like the look. first hell in a cell where it's like only like ten feet tall and your feet are touching. Right. And, and if you stand on the top, if you stand <laughs> on the top rope, you're like your head's like you're like hanging on like a monkey, and then you just like yeah. Crossbody yeah. down, but like that's the thing. Like when the, when they were just utilizing moments like that when the cage was smaller and just like they were battering each other, like Undertaker versus Mankind. And you know they they start off that match just Mankind throws a chair up there, climbs up, and then he gets thrown off. Like Undertaker falls him up after his entrance, comes up. You know they they, they stumble now, around. They almost go through the dang cage because of how heavy they are. Almost right. Go through and, you, and, you see, and you see like uh, zip ties, like pew pew pew, like flying around, and they're like stepping in. Oh, that was the best part. When, when and, they did the choke slam, and then the zip ties are like laying right next to yeah. him, and he's all discombobulated. Yeah. Oh, he he's yeah he's he's it's out contorted, of it. Right? Like at that point, I would say the tooth in his well, nose. What was interesting, Rick, about that too is that uh, Mick Foley had said that you know he watched the first Hell in the Cell, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, and it was a classic. And you're like, well, how do you top that? Because they built uh, in the months prior to that up into the crescendo of the actual hell in the cell itself. And Shawn Michaels trying to get away from the undertaker, but not being able to. And then the door comes open and he's still getting the crap beat. I'm like, you said, using it as a battering ram or, or he javelin Shawn into the side of the cage. And I'll tell you what, that clips more play played more than the high spot, which is him falling off the side of the cage to the table. And um, so Mick Foley was like, well, how do I top something like that? This is such a masterpiece. And he said, well, why don't we just start out on top? And he goes up there and Mick's the one pushing for this, pushing for this, like gets the Undertaker to climb up there with him. And then he's just like, uh, you know, throw him down and take her. Like you can see, like Taker looks down for one second, looks back up, grabs him by the tights and just chucks him off. And that's something that has been replayed in our minds, uh, uh, you know, so many times. And I would say other than the big obvious high spots of the choke slam through the top, or the throw off the side through the table. Well, those are, ask, were the only high spots. That's well, Rick, I would ask, I would ask Kenny, like what what what's another memorable moment? You know, something he can remember distinctly from that match that added to it, much like those higher spots. Well, I I remember Shane McMahon did it too. Oh crazy right, Shane right. Crazy Shane McMahon did it too. You did it too. Yeah, I wonder what his dad said to him. Yeah, but he willingly did that. He he jumped like on his own volition. Yeah. yeah, and Shane's been do been jumping off of high stuff since the late '90s. You know, yep. jumped out onto the Big Show, jumped off onto I think. Oh, when he got yeah, got and then he fell. Yeah, the craziest one is with Kurt Angle when he was going climbing the uh, the uh, big finish of the belt. Is his. For what? On what account? Because he's been talking the whole time. That's not even fair. It's about quality, not quantity. Okay, Rick, I got Listen, I got I got stored up. You finish. have. It's me at all whatsoever to watch Hell in a Cell on Father's well, I, Day. You have, you have just because you're not, you're talking about you're not hearing my point. I just because you're not hearing my point. My point is, we as Your fans also, we as fans, Rick, have to contribute to the business's uh, spring back as well. We have to be like, hey, let's stick by this thing. We as viewers, yes, they have to provide us a product. It's a product, and we're supposed to buy that product and consume that product. But we should. Not abandon ship when things get hard, yeah. and no, to the, me, the hope the hope might be gone for WWE, but you can still convince me to watch AEW. Here's the thing, though, 
if AEW were to do their own version of a Hell in a Cell, I mean, what matches would you like to see in that? Mine, Darby versus Sting. I want to see Sting go off of a cell. No, you mm. don't. And if you want Sting's uh, pulse, you know, to <laughs> not flatline here, if you want Sting to stay around for years to come, and that's he the thing. Darby that, off. Da, uh, here's another thing about the mind and the body. Don't destroy Sting's mind along with his body just because you want to, you know, get a, a rating, get a pay per view by. Like <laughs> Listen, Sting needs to be out of the ring. Though? What would that rating be? Of course they would tune into it, but because you'd be like, "Oh, what I wonder, Sting, God, I wonder if Sting's gonna die tonight," you know? Because <laughs> so, he almost did, dude. Like, couldn't feel his extremities. Well, Seth Rollins, yeah. Well, I think I think that's the thing. Yeah, like as far as like NBA right now, like that's kind of the thing. There's like not a you know, Michael Jordan was like. Whew. For me, the, right, the, the, the epitome of no, watching and, NBA, and, and then WWE's Michael Jordan, John Cena, rocking rock No, Oscar. it was it was Cena for the for a while there, like the LeBron James of I guess is how you'd make the comparison. And to Cena me, and Randy Orton, Roman right. Reigns now respectively, and Seth Rollins, and then Charlotte Flair. But the but but the difference between uh, you know theatrical sports and real sports is. Yeah, you, you, they have to come in, and the cream rises to the top in 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 you know sports. Oh, like this isn't fair. I would call this qualification on this just because you keep bringing up the Macho Man on me. All right, cream rising to the cup, crop. Hey, it's, it's, the truth. it's the truth. You nailed it. No, no, when Macho no. said it, he nailed it on the head. You, you know, he you're not, you're not the getting head. this. No, he, they're, they're saying that Cena. They're, he's, nailed, they're, he's saying nailed it as as not Cena a, being the LeBron James of. This of WWE, correct? Because well, you're still not yeah, getting the title. Don't, don't get up. paranoid. Listen to this paranoid heel champion, dude. Everybody's trying to screw him over. I <laughs> Listen, I don't it. want another Marshall screw job. Okay. No, and it, it's it's the it's the it's the um it's a great attribute of a heel to to like eat a shit sandwich and get beat clean in the middle of the ring, but then still come on TV the next night with all the excuses in the world. So he's gonna be the Teflon King soon enough. Yeah. To me. It really is a matter of finding those guys. And again, the whole thing that stopped CM Punk from being the biggest thing in wrestling for years. He was only the biggest thing in wrestling for about six months. The only thing that changed it was politics. I'm telling you, these these egos, these massive egos are involved, and they can't just do what's right for business. They always talk about doing what's right for business, and it's a, it's a, a time-honored tradition, as Vince McMahon would say it, that on your way out – uh, you know, in general, on in a retirement match, and this now what have you, that you put over younger talent, you put those guys over, you give them the rub, and you make them into something. Unfortunately, they wasted. You know, the Undertaker's rub on Roman Reigns it didn't work. They tried to make us like Roman Reigns, and we just couldn't and wouldn't. And I don't. It's always going to be the Undertaker's yard, no matter. Wait, how wait, hold on. Now Roman people Reigns like him. People like him now. Because they did the right thing, which was just make him a heel, lean into the fact that we can't stand him. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all you had to do. They could have done it with Cena at any point too, and that would have worked. Yeah, you know. No, but they so, didn't. so that's the thing that I have a problem with those fans Cena nowadays. Would, is feeling Cena privileged. What was that? Hold on, Kenny. What? Cena would have never did it because of the kids. Of you course, know, of course. He would never did it because of the kids. The kids I mean, Hogan did it as as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. How many t-shirt sales? Think. Ask yourself this: How many t-shirt sales did they lose when Hogan went heel? Okay, oh. they lost a bunch of Hulkamaniac, Hulkamaniacs. Fine, but then the NWO shirts caught wildfire. So sometimes mm -hmm. you gotta take a step back to take a spring forward. Dude, and Hogan was almost hotter as a heel as than a he heel. was 
Oh, because he had gotten stale for sure. Stale, I wouldn't say still when he signed with WCW and Ted Turner. Like at that point, that's what Vince does not like. We were talking about this. Vince does not. Oh wait, actually, I, I heard this on the on the Money Wars too. Like Vince doesn't give up his best guys like when they're hot, like Stone Cold. Like when he's done with them and they're they're done. Here you go. You can buy him out. Yeah, it hurts. It stinks because to Vince, it's not just business. It's it's personal to him because it's his. You know that's that's been him for like twenty years before that. Before WCW, WCW came in, what? but that's that's just the case with that. Like you know, Vince will be like, oh yeah, Hogan, he's done, he's washed up. Same thing with like Savage, and then they buy him out, and then it's like you got these old guys on this other show running things, and then you got the new guys who are coming up in the new in, in WWE, and they just surpass him, you know? Yep. Because Hogan can't sit there and do a shooting start. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and again here, here we are again though just like i said earlier drawing comparisons to the past like hogan's a once in a generation entity he the reason hogan became a household name is because of vince mcmahon's promotional power and hulk hogan's stature who he was he just wanted to go to for that, that who coincided with thing. he's the guy who coincided with national tv appeal yep. Mm-hmm. Hogan became the man. And then with, with Austin, he became the the kind of the um what's the word I'm looking for? The the thesis, not even the antithesis, like the thesis. Like this is what an anti-hero is supposed to be. This is where like society's kind of leading to this whole uh anti-hero attitude. Well, no, because even the NWO was getting into the two thousand like the of NWO course, thing the was, bad guys, was a because everybody got tired. Everybody got tired of the baby faces. Everyone said, "Okay, yeah, we've cheered this guy. We know he's this and he's that." They, they, because Hogan was so oversaturated, they got tired of of the vitamins and saying your prayers. And what about and, Sting? There's, there's a guy who invented himself and and became the anti-hero and was even better than he was. Like obviously, like it was surfacing was cool, but then his time came and he knew when it was time. Well, we talked about this before, though, Rick, that without the good heel entity, without the NWO as, as something to band together to go up against, like, think about it. Luger was at his hottest. I told you at one point he was my favorite wrestler because he was going up against the NWO. Who, who told Sting, him about – who told Sting him to watch Crow. the Crow? Who told him to watch yeah. the Crow? Was it Conan? Um, I, I feel like it was Diamond Dallas Page. It sounds correct, but I could be wrong. Maybe it, it might have been Conan. I mean, I, I'd have to look into it. But my point was, they're going up against this heel entity, and the NWO was such a big deal that you just wanted to see someone overcome that. And 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 DDP got on the train there, and he was feuding with Macho Man. They're beating the crap out of each other. And and then the night that you know he got the NWO shirt, but then gave Scott Hall the the diamond cutter, is he's just solidifying these guys based on they were feeding off of the heat of the NWO. And that's not to say that DDP and and Luger and Sting aren't aren't great. Well, the WCW saying. guys that were you gained, needed, the banding needed, together to fight the NWO. You needed However, the right story. Yeah. If you the thing that was NWO's downfall was the fact that you know if you weren't NWO, you were getting your your your, your ass kicked by the NWO. You mm-hmm. know, I'm willing to take a, a point on that one because I gotta say it that way. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was. You know, NWO with all the cool guys. Like, so that was the thing about Degeneration X and NWO that's that makes them special in their own ways to me is NWO like basically just trying to be some kind of gang and like they were yep. just beating up everybody being the bad guys you know and and DX were getting their asses kicked all the time like they were just out there having a good time getting the crowd riled up and, and entertaining and doing their thing mm-hmm. and then they were getting they were the heels so they were getting smacked around the ring and getting dragged around the ring so it's mm-hmm. like you know and that was the believable credibility to it because these guys are talking all the smack 
And then it's like, you know, when it comes to, you know, they're getting smacked around when it comes to, to comes bell time. And yeah, that was so cool about them. And, and that's that, why they're something that makes a great heel though, too, Rick is talking up that that's big game. Champ. That's why I'm champ. Talking up the big game, talking up the big game as a heel. Like Shawn Michaels is great at it. Just being an obnoxious jerk on TV week in and week out. And so you wanted to watch someone beat the living crap out of him. And then and then the best, the, again, the mark of a great heel isn't just talking up that big game and making someone want to beat you up. It's that when it's time to take the whooping, you, you take it like it. a man. And, and Sean, going back, going back to the hell in the cell, if you watch that match, Sean doesn't win the Hell in the Cell with the Undertaker at Bad Blood. Sean survives the Hell in the Cell <laughs> with the Undertaker at Bad Blood. Dude, he, and that's all. That's the emotion I got when I was watching that match. Like he was like, like as soon as the bell rang, like when um was it Triple H and Rick Rude and in China they all they, they close the cell. They have to leave. And then they yep. go back. They had to leave. And he was just like, oh no! And like he's he's like in the ring and he's all like, no. And Taker Taker <laughs> Taker slams the door shut. Like and he even said he even said in a promo like. Uh, that Sunday, you know, go down to the church and give your 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 ass to the Lord because the rest of your scrawny ass belongs to me. And I'm like, uh oh, like, like he's in trouble. And I remember that promo, like, yeah. And that was the first pay per view I ever convinced my grandparents to buy for me. And my grandpa was like, well, you know, wrestling's fake. You know, wrestling's fake, right? And, then, and he said all this stuff. And then no, and seriously, then me and him sat and watched that Hell in the Cell match. And he and he was like, this ain't grandpa's wrestling. It's like. Take the holy crap out of Sean. And I remember my grandpa sitting there and I'm just like, I don't know, man. This looks pretty real to me. <laughs> so when Kane came thing. down and ripped off the, the hinges, though. So mm -hmm. I want to talk, talk about that because when when it came down to it, so he, he comes down and he and he debuts and he rips off the hinges, right? And he and he helps. You know, once it goes black, that's really like, oh, what's happening here? You know, what, this is going to be bad. And then he, he comes down and he's got Paul Bear with him. And then Shawn Michaels wins. <laughs> no, no, and like I said, he survived because he got he got lucky because because you were watching that match and you're so gripped by the idea of Taker versus Sean and Sean, Taker's just beating the crowd. I mean, you get so enthralled in the match, you kind of forgot about this Kane uh, dynamic that Paul Bear has been talking up for weeks and weeks and weeks. And all of a sudden, the the flames come or the this arena goes dark and and Kane walks down the aisle. And of course, like Vince, it was kind of weird. Because he's like, that's got to be Kane. That's got to be Kane. And it's like, well, we didn't really even need Vince to say that because it was kind of obvious. Dude's walking down there with Paul Bearer, and he's as big as the Undertaker, or bigger than the Undertaker because he's got lifts. And, like, they go eye to eye, and Taker's looking at him, and, he, and he's supposed to mouth like Kane. And then Kane does the fire, and Taker gets distracted for one second. Tombstone, that's that. And then, then Sean just comes over and drapes his arm over for the win. And you're just like... As a fan, you wanted Sean to get beat up so bad, and then he does. And that, mm -hmm. like I said, the, the mark of a good of good storytelling is that the bad guy can still go over, but you, as a fan who wanted to watch the bad guy get beat up, oh, we got more than our money's worth. And one of my favorite ass beaters in wrestling history is The Undertaker. Like right now, I was watching this storyline between him and Kurt Angle, and Kurt like spills stuff on his bike and like does all this stuff, and he's being obnoxious. And then it's just like you watch the match. At the pay per view, and Taker just beats the crap out of Kurt oh, yeah. Angle, and like that's what you want. That's what well, that's that, the price. Doesn't that all lead into like uh, the, the Hell in a Cell? Yes, the the Armageddon, Armageddon Hell in a Cell. Cell. Yep. And that's what I was watching because like you know you, you have um you have everybody. That's the thing about the okay. So you talk about favorite moments. Obviously, like I have a, a love for like Mick Foley going through the cage, 
just as a moment itself. But if if I talk about like favorite matches, it's the Armageddon Hell in the Cell because at, dude, the star power that's Everybody. in there. Yeah. There's five glorious dudes in there, and then there's Rikishi. No, know, Rick, like, they give you that fan service, that moment I know you wanted to see where everyone everybody's getting a finisher. Finishers, like, finishers like the in rock. succession, yep, yep. Yeah, Rocket gives it. Actually, the Rock did a DDT, so he did a signature move, and he gets a, on Kurt, and, he, and dude, the way that he just bounces with him, and he hits him with but the But it doesn't end with the people's elbow? No, it's Triple H, and then Kurt Angle comes in and breaks him up, and then he's like, he's pounding on Angle, and all of a sudden Angle like reverses him, and then he gives, he like, he pulls him off the rope, like Rock pulls him off the ropes to go for like the, the Irish whip for the people's elbow, but then Kurt Angle like ducks under and gives him an Olympic slam, and then pins him and then Austin comes in and like middle finger and then no, no, it's just like it's a great way to build it up and you know who came up with that finish circling back around to my point my excellent point that I made earlier like title worthy point that I made was that Pat Patterson is probably the guy who put together that finish and put together so, that high spot and, so Pat and Patterson is the champion then well, I'm saying if I'm name dropping Pat Patterson, then we're essentially, <laughs> I don't, I don't tag, we're essentially tag team partners, and thusly the belt comes home. So since, since we have since we have seven minutes left on the show, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so we were talking Hell in a Cell. You get deducted points because though we did talk about Hell in a Cell, I had to force Hell in a Cell into your conversation. Now, mm. as a champion, that's me defending the belt correctly. Okay, the topic of tonight was supposed to be Hell in a Cell. I really didn't hear Kenny's uh, opinions too much on Hell in a Cell. I saw him nod to what you're saying. So Kenny yeah. should be disqualified because dude, he's it's helping you It's a handicap out. match, dude. It's two versus he's one. Like, mm-hmm, no, it sounds no. like logical to me, yeah. and I don't think that's yeah. fair. No, and as long as the fair. as long as the ref's back is turned, Rick, I already told you by hook or by crook, and with Kenny's assistance if necessary, we're taking that belt. Dude, yep. that's, that's not even that. You guys are gonna gang up on me. I I invite you both onto the show here. You know, yeah. I, I introduce you, and and here you are with technical difficulties right off the bat. And heavy lies, heavy. Heavy lies the crown, Rick. Heavy well, lies this is like a, like a handicap match, and you came in late for it. Okay, I didn't realize this, these stipulations are. No, I, well, I, what I, I was doing, I, I was actually feigning an injury in the back. I was feigning an injury in the back, like one of those backstage segments where I was like, "Oh, he's been laid out." Oh, and there, yeah. So, hey, fine. So they 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 said that you you remain the champ for now. That's fine. I like it better that way. Long term long term storytelling is a lot better than just like the belt change of hands every week anyway. So um, with that in mind, let, let me go ahead and play. You can't host argue for just me. You can't argue me. Let me a, let me a, let me play host for just a second and ask Kenny, what okay. would you say is your favorite Hell in the Cell match, and then favorite Hell in the Cell moment? Ooh. Uh Undertaker versus Fiesta. Now he's he he he's he's cycling he's cycling back and forth between mankind and Shawn Michaels right now. Like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Those are, those are gonna be the two artists. That's why I say favorite moment over over. It might be mankind because he set the bar for Hell in a Cell. You know, it's not gonna be the okay. same this year without Undertaker, but maybe they can do something. I know the storyline with uh, Bliss and Shayna. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with that because, you know, that's kind of spooky and kind of silly at yeah. the same time. But it's not going to live up to anything that Undertaker has done. But let's watch and see. Right, 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 right. So, Rick, your favorite match. Then we'll cycle back around to the moments in, in the next couple minutes we got here. Your favorite match? Favorite match is going to be the Armageddon Hell in a Cell because mm-hmm, right. it, it, it utilized the cell in every way that you could possibly imagine. 
which is like to me the best what makes it the best it, you know it's like the triple cage match you utilize everything of it and it's gonna be it's it's just gonna be by default my favorite match obviously i could say uh sean michaels versus undertaker just because the fact that they were the first two to be in the hell in a cell mm -hmm. the story mm -hmm. that it told it was mm -hmm. it was simple sean was scared of being there with taker but he held his own and look he won at the end anyways because surprise surprise that infamous Kane that you've been hearing about shows up and rips off the hell, hell in a cell door but for some reason later on cannot do the same thing that he did before when it gets locked and he had the opportunity to be like oh he's trying to climb up the the, the cell to get in and he couldn't and they, and they and they did that again too i think that was undertaker and, and stone cold versus mankind and Kane or tag whatever match on yeah well tag yeah. match quote unquote where like you know and but that's but yeah but that's that's my thing is i would think mankind versus undertaker <sighs> I want to say that, but really, honestly, it was like one dude climbing up, another dude climbing up, fighting, throws him off. He he's he's getting real so, to the back. Even even back. Rick Flair, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker was only two. There was like two pins counted in that match. The first that like weak ass pin that Undertaker did on on Sean, and then the second one where they actually did something was like, oh man, it was it was the switching music or no? He sat up from the switching music when he he was going. It was what was it? Uh, the, did he do the elbow drop? And he tried to pin off of it. He did something that was like one of his my one my, of his my favorite. My favorite uh, moment, one of my favorite moments of that match, isn't even like some of the ones that they play all the time. My favorite moment is the chair shot that Taker gives uh, Sean right before he cuts the throat and right before the lights go out. Oh, yeah, dude. That, yeah, he's shot. got the chair. He's wielding it, and Sean's like pulling himself up by the ropes, and he's a bloody mess. And you're and you're like, uh-oh, Sean, don't turn around. And he does, and Taker just blasts him, just takes him out. And Sean hits the mat like – like he's dead. Well, that's what I which like. I brought the in the chair, stuff. which was the whole thing that started off was Sean used the chair to begin with. And he brings in this brown chair that's like an older chair. And then when Undertaker went and got a chair, it was that blue one that was like mm. a little bit more more modern. And he comes in and he, and he whacks Just him. wallops him. So, yeah, that, so that would it. be like my, my favorite speaking match. Of, speaking of walloping. Speaking of walloping, since we only got a couple minutes for me to say this. Uh, next week, I'm going to wallop you from behind before you even know it. I'm going to give you the low blow and put my feet on the ropes and I'll get the one, two, three. I thought I was heights. supposed to be the hill. Who's the face here then, Kenny? It, well, he's helping you heels. out. So all, Being a heel is so much better. Well, that's why this story, this the booking and storytelling, that, that's why the booking and the storytelling doesn't make any sense currently. So all I right. guess we're going to have to so, have more defined roles in the future. Kenny, yep. wanna, you want to you tell us why we should watch Hell in a Cell this, this Father's Day coming up? Well, he's got he's got like 60 seconds to do it. Mm -hmm. 60 seconds? It's going to be good. Great storylines. Great matches. Let's see which belt change hands. Fair enough. I want to say um, thank you again to our hosts, Ron and Eric, for hosting the Wrestling Den every Thursday yep. at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yep. We're live on Rhode Island Broadcast and YouTube. And... Facebook and Twitter at Sports Unfolded. Follow mm -hmm. us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure that you tune in every week because you're going to see this guy being champion for a very, very long time. <laughs> We're taking over. This this is the the NWO takeover because these guys want to talk about WWE and all that. I try to bring in the AEW, and you know what? I'm even doing WCW a favor and ECW a favor since these guys want to be so so diehard on the Vince side. I I am all over the place. I'm going to be your champion because I'm going to bring the most juicy combos to this 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 table. Don't even give me that. Don't even, that's two weeks running, baby. We're gonna we're gonna get at, we're gonna keep going. Like pride, pride comes pride comes before a fall, so that's fine. But seriously, thank you all for watching. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you definitely. Next week.